Hey, guys. Oh, hey. Hi. All right, man. So uh, who am I talking to here? Who's on the phone? Well, this is Louis Hotap in Berkeley, California. Jonathan (laughs) Harmon, also in Berkeley, California. Yeah, somehow you guys live... You guys live in the same city, yet you're in completely different places right now. That's right. You yeah. live in different houses. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm coming to you from three hours ahead in Toronto, Ontario. <laughs> How is the future? future? Yeah. If you can, if you, if you can believe it, it was negative thirty degrees yesterday. No way. I, in fact, cannot believe it. Yeah, it was negative thirty degrees, and everyone here hated it. It was awful. <laughs> that sounds yep. awful. Yeah. With the wind chill, it was closer to minus 40. Uh, That's gross. That's really gross. Indeed. Indeed. Well, so we are here today to begin a new thing. Uh, So Jonathan and I, you and I have been doing podcasting for a bit. Uh Uh-huh. And we invited to spread the wealth and share the love with a good friend of ours, Louis Hotop, and bring Louis in on a new project. Yeah. I'm happy to be here. It's really an honor for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> okay. So the idea, I mean, you, you guys and I were brainstorming the other day about what would be a really cool thing for us to do because all three of us are in formation for priesthood. Uh, some of us closer than others. I think, Jonathan, you'll be getting ordained pretty soon. Pretty soon. Louis, you have what, like a decade left? Yeah, the finish line is still pretty far away. Maybe <laughs> three years left. Yeah, but regardless of that, I, I thought it'd be a really good idea for us to get together every week to chat a little bit about what we're going to be doing for the rest of our lives, which is preaching on the Sunday's preaching. gospel, um, you know, for, for Mass. So that'd be kind of cool. You know, I think we already do a lot of preparation on our own, studying, reading, praying with the scriptures. Um and as future priests, we're already planning, you know, our own homilies. And a lot of times, I think, unfortunately, it happens in isolation, um, where priests just sort of prepare on their own. Yeah. And that'd be kind of cool if, since we know each other and since we like each other and we respect each other, that it'd be kind of fun to, you know, kind of bounce ideas off of each other and seeing how is it that you guys are planning to approach the scriptures this week um, in your homilies on Sundays. Yeah, I think uh, for me, at least, so as a deacon, I'm up there on maybe one Sunday a month at my parish. Uh, and then I'm actually preaching tonight at the community. Uh, and as a new preacher, I'm still trying to get a lot of the experience hmm. and how to do this well, even though, you know, we spend our formation preaching in front of each other, but it's a, it's what I've come to find out. It's pretty different uh, preaching in front of a congregation. So for me, at least, this is just a way to to kind of kickstart that process of becoming a better preacher. Mm-hmm. Because I think across the board, people will all, almost always say the one thing that's lacking at the Catholic Mass is the preaching. Yeah. And I'm really just looking for good dinner table conversation in my community. <laughs> <laughs> Some bombs to throw out in the middle of dinner. <laughs> Well, good. Well, I'm I'm happy to provide, you know, my pearls of wisdom for you to to roll out at dinner tomorrow. So anyway, so I thought maybe today would be a good chance for us to just sort of test drive this and see kind of how this will work. And we'll do this every week in preparation for masses on Sunday um, and see how it works. I think for me, it'll just be helpful because I I enjoy preaching and I'm just getting very excited about 
sort of sharing in that with my brothers in preparation. Cause a lot of times I'll, frankly, I'll wait till the very last minute to prepare something and just kind of, you know, throw something together and try to get away on like luck or sort of raw, you know, spontaneity. And I kind of, I'm getting to the point in my life where I'm realizing that the people of God probably deserve better. Definitely yeah. deserve better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so I, are you saying that I'm not, what are you, what are you trying to say, Louis? I'm just thinking that, you know, the, the people of God deserve better than we could ever give them, but that shouldn't stop us from trying at least. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. At least stop waiting until the last minute to do things. Yeah, totally. So like in that vein, I was thinking that this, this podcast is going to be very helpful for me because like, I'm interested in hearing from you guys, how is it that you've encountered in the scriptures, the word of God and not just how clever you guys are or how clever I am. Um, But like from your prayer and from your experience, how is it that you can assimilate perhaps what is the main idea for the readings this weekend? Um, What are you thinking in terms of what, what is God's message for the people of God this weekend? Um, Yeah. Because I think oftentimes I can even just, sort of trust in my own word as a replacement of God's word on Sunday mm-hmm. morning or something. Um, because, you know, as Jesuits, we think we're very clever, right? We're very mm-hmm. smart and we're very capable men. So clearly I can figure this out on the fly. Yeah. We certainly spend enough time in school to think of ourselves <laughs> as very clever. Yeah. Some of us more than others, Louis. That's right. You know, just a <laughs> slow learner taking a little while. That's right. So in that vein, and why don't we just get started with this week's? So, Jonathan, can you give us a quick just sort of rundown of what this Sunday's readings are? So, our first reading comes from the book of Nehemiah, and it's telling the story of Ezra, who was one of the uh, priestly writers who was really influential in reestablishing Jewish practice. So, mm-hmm. coming back from exile, he um, emphasized things like dietary restriction ritual washing, and that sort. And so here, Nehemiah is telling us of him reading the law, reading the book of the law. Again, a showing that we're more than a people of the temple, we're more than a people of the land, we're people of God's law. Ezra is telling the people, Today is holy to the Lord your God. Do not be sad and do not weep. For all the people were weeping as they had heard the words of the law. The second reading is the classic First Corinthians many parts, one body. Mm. St. Paul emphasizing who we are as Christians, who are as followers, followers of Jesus, that we all have our own individual role to play, but not to be individualistic, rather to be influential parts of the body of Christ. And our gospel is split up into two parts. So the first part is the prologue of Luke, where uh, Luke writes to Theophilus, kind of telling him what he's doing. And then we jump ahead to Jesus entering into his ministry, going into Nazareth, um, and kind of doing what Nehemiah was describing, Ezra was doing from our first reading. Nice. Good. So, yeah, taking those three readings together, uh, Louis, did you have any chance to maybe sit with those readings this week? Yeah. I I was able to sit with them this morning and just kind of think about them. Most recently, I was on this retreat with these hermits living in the middle of nowhere in uh, California and Big Sur. And mm-hmm. it was a beautiful time to pray with them and, and to be with them on retreat. And one of the things that came up there that comes up for me in these readings is 
the assembly. You know, what is the assembly gathered? So in Nehemiah, we see this assembly gathered to listen to Nehemiah address the people, bring them back to God's law. People are weeping and he tells them to rejoice. And then in the gospel, we see Jesus address another assembly, these people gathered. And I think that Paul offers a sense of what that really means to be assembled, Mm. that we can't do this on our own, that I can't just be a nose, like the the I can't be a foot, I can't just be a hand. <laughs> uh, I need to have the whole body. And yeah. uh so like Christian worship and and really Christian spirituality is not authentic if it's not done in a community. Mm. And I really do believe that, that our prayer is not this kind of like self made man or uh purely self-help kind of spirituality, sure. but that it's, it's a, it's a community gathered together. Yeah. You know, I, I really like that. But w- one of the things that was coming to my mind that maybe can help with that same image of the assembly is that it's, it's not an assembly in the sense of a gathering of people um, because of nationality, because of ideology, because of politics, it's a different kind of assembly, right? So like St. Paul talking about the body of Christ in particular the, the thing that, that stood out to me a lot this week was the, the opening of Luke's gospel. When, when Luke said that he's writing to Theophilus and he's saying, many people have written this and I kind of want to put my, my account in there too. And it's clear that he's writing it to a member of that assembly. And there's something about the assembly is gathered as a place wherein like a witness to Christ can communicate Christ to a member of the assembly so it's not just a disparate gathering of people who happen to be together. It's like the principle of unity among them is an encounter with Jesus. Or like with the opening opening reading from Nehemiah, it's like, this is the people of God. God is their unifier. God is with them. It's not the prophet. It's not the priest that is the focal point. It's, this is the law of God. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I was, that I was focusing on with these readings was looking at, you know, one of the, th- this is the readings for the third week of ordinary time. So this few weeks between Christmas and Easter. And what I've really been struck by really throughout these weeks have been how the readings are trying, I think, to show us who Jesus is and why we should follow him, why we should join this way. Hmm. Uh, I'm always struck when we've got these, these moments when Jesus is not pointing to himself, but showing that he's the fulfillment so he's not doing something new, hardly ever. He's pointing back to what was done. He's pointing back to God, mm. showing that today the scripture passage is fulfilled in your hearing, as the last line of the gospel says. The law is still very, very important. The words of Nehemiah, the words of Ezra are still very, very important. Mm. But Jesus is showing us a better way, a more, a more complete way on how to fulfill what was what has already been said. Mm -hmm. I think some of that, I mean, the community that Nehemiah is speaking to is they are our ancestors as well. Sometimes we think of ourselves as separate from the Old Testament communities, but really we are inheriting that word as a part of our whole scripture. And, and Jesus certainly is showing that by quoting Isaiah as well, that there's this, it's not a separation between Old and New Testament. When Jesus is speaking, that doesn't even exist. That doesn't exist for several hundred years. So, oh, that's cool. To, yeah. 
to view ourselves as a part of this ongoing wave of of God relating to God's people, I think, is something mm-hmm. to keep in mind. That the assembly is mm-hmm. is not separate. The people Nehemiah is talking to are the same people Paul is talking to are the same people that we're mm-hmm. talking to. And there's continuity then in time and not just in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I think that's why the reading from St. Paul is so is so crucial here, is that that's kind of the that's kind of the connector that we're looking at all of these people throughout time and space as being part of one body. Mm-hmm. That the Old Testament is not just the foot or you know the brain and the heart, blah 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 blah, but it's still crucially important as what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it adds to the richness of our tradition that we wouldn't be who we are without without it. Do you, do you guys see as as I think about this a little bit too more? Is is Jesus in the gospel a sort of a, a parallel to Nehemiah in the first reading? I think so. I mean, I think that the church certainly puts these readings together often to get us to think in that way. And yeah, I guess I'm just uh, I'm looking at the line at the end of the gospel. Um, so rolling up the scroll, he handed it back. So he's reading from the scroll of the law, um, mm-hmm. or of the prophets. Um, but what I thought was interesting is that the eyes of all in the synagogue looked intently at him. Um, that's a sort of reminiscent, I think, of the way that the people were there with Nehemiah, um, looking yeah. at him as the, as the priest. Um, so there's identification of there, again, with your point, Louis, of sort of continuity with history is that Jesus also stands in this long line of teachers, um, this long line of priests for, for Israel, uh, that are mediating, that he's mediating much like Nehemiah was mediating God's law uh, to the people. That there's great continuity there. There's one body here. Mm-hmm. And I think it points to the need for us as Christians, for us who are studying, to really understand our history, the history of the scriptures and the history of the church. That like, Sometimes we have such a limited mindset of, uh, okay, the ch- it's almost like the church has only existed for the past 150 years and that we or sometimes – Or less. And sometimes less. we miss <laughs> out on uh, some of these great parts of our faith mm-hmm. and great parts of our history. We think of it as like the bad old days. But yeah. our greatest saints come from the bad old days. Yeah. And so yeah. like – to, to have that perspective that when I'm praying, you know, all of these other people are with me, Nehemiah and the assembly and Jesus and Paul and Joan of Arc and everyone mm. that's a part of our history is gathered together. You know, I think it's maybe this is just a little controversial. I'm not sure. But I, I think it's one of the, the more difficult things for us in our time, like within our day, at least in the United States and North America. Like so much of our worldview is wrapped up, or at least the way that I experience it is wrapped up in progress, that everything is, you know, if it's older than five years old, like it's no longer relevant to the present, you know, phones only last such a long, there's a disposable culture, all that kind of stuff to where I've even noticed in my own education that I have a real lack of education of history. Like I don't really know much about the middle ages. I don't know much about the ancient world. Like, I know something about hieroglyphics and then the fall of the Roman <laughs> Empire and then and then it jumps straight to the Renaissance. Like, I, I know nothing else. And I just feel like maybe there's a problem there that we're seeing that I feel a certain unrootedness mm-hmm. um, 
as an American, and I don't know if it's just me or not, but I kind of get a sense a little bit from our culture that there's a sort of an unrootedness, um, a lack of continuity with our past, or even a desire to allow the past to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like maybe people, people who say, you know, what it like a democracy of the dead is often relegated to, you know, oh, that's just a very conservative point of view, or it's like, but I don't know. There's something really interesting that do we know who we are apart from our heritage or apart from our history? Yeah. And I think a a pushback against that is there were some, I mean, there are, and we're still living in some of the repercussions of a really troubled past for the church and for our nation and for the world. And, but at the same time, people were speaking during those times with so much truth and grace and intelligence Mm -hmm. and, Sometimes we miss that. Yeah, I wonder if – so I'm trying to think of what, what the theme would be of a homily. Um, and it seems – from what I'm hearing, it seems like what Jesus is emphasizing to us is that in, in, in many ways he's the very reason that we can look forward. We can look ahead at simultaneously not forgetting who we are and where we've come from. Mm-hmm. And so I think the I think this fulfillment that he speaks of is the ability to be, well, as St. Paul says, all things to all people mm-hmm. and not just be who we are or who we were. Um, but he's showing kind of the ideal of who we can be. Yeah. And then in Paul's letter, right, that as members of his body. Yeah. Right. That Jesus, right, is, exactly. the junct- Jesus is the juncture point between the old and the new law. And then we are members of his body. So in, in, in communion with him, then we, the law can become fulfilled, right? Even right. in our living. Right. Um, any sort of closing thoughts, Louis, that you have to summarize maybe what you would preach on this Sunday? Yeah, I think I would. I'd probably think of some clever joke about, uh, <laughs> wouldn't it be unfortunate if we were all noses or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, for the kids, for the kids. And then, uh, yeah, I'd talk about the importance of knowing ourselves within a shared history. The history of the Jewish people is a part of our shared history. The history of the prophets is a part of our shared history. And Jesus is showing himself also in that same river. And we're also in that river, you know, as it continues yeah. to flow on and on. And I think that's an important thing to keep in mind, that all of the people gathered around you, yes, of course, are a part of the body of Christ. And so are all your ancestors and all of the people that have come into this church and into this faith. Um, mm. I mean, even beyond what we sometimes even recognize as like the one way of doing it, sometimes my way of thinking about church is not what's happening on another part of the world. Mm. and. So it's important to expand ourselves to, to really see them as our brothers and sisters as well. Well, good. Well, I think this is a really good run. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's given me a lot of food for thought, a lot of things to, to consider as I, as I prepare this homily. Good. Well, I look forward to hearing what you guys end up preaching about. At dinner. At dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got dinner in a couple of hours. I got plenty to say. Well, good. We'll do this again next week then. All right. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Bye.